When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings, the show that's so nice we do it twice every week during the NFL season. Now, listen, we're year-round because there's always things to talk about, whether it's prospects or free agency or trades and players and the impact of that on fantasy football. Plus, I just like talking to Joe every week, and I appreciate his football analysis. So we're year-round. But twice a week here during the regular season because there's a lot to talk about, including eight more games, week 16 in the NFL. Let's start, Joe. And by Joe, I'm talking about Joe Dolan, of course, at FG underscore Dolan. Most of you know I'm Ross Tucker, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always check out the show, the whole thing on video if you want as well, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Joe Seahawks. At the Titans, looks like Geno Smith will be back for Seattle. Yeah, bizarre situation. He's active, he doesn't play, um, and then Drew Locke comes in and plays. And their offense was, I mean, they put together the drive at the end of the game, but the offense was just kind of uh, okay against against Philadelphia. But the drive at the end of the game, obviously, is what people are going to remember. Here's what's interesting about Seattle and Tennessee. Tennessee's run defense, it's had a bizarre season of, like, streaks, from weeks one through four, it was dominant. Um, it continued its play from 2022 when it was an elite run defense, the best in the league. From weeks five through nine, the defense struggled badly, giving up 100-plus non-scramble rushing yards in four straight games. From weeks 10 to 13, he was back to crushing it, these guys were, allowing under three yards per carry in every game. And then they got their butts whipped the last two weeks, allowing 121 yards to the Dolphins on non-scramble runs and then 141 to Devin Singletary and the Texans. Now, it should be noted that both of those teams, the Dolphins and the Texans, are zone-heavy run schemes, which the Seahawks are as well. As a matter of fact, the Seahawks run more zone plays on a percentage basis than both the Dolphins and Texans do. Um, Kenneth Walker, it's a tough matchup when you look at the numbers overall. And Kenneth Walker's scary because of the negative run potential. But as you saw, as you've seen basically his entire career, not just last week, his big run potential is also there. And I feel like he can he can rip off a couple of big runs this week against Tennessee. Nonetheless, um, Tennessee has been a pass funnel defense for most of the year. So it is a really good matchup for DK Metcalf. 
What about the Titans on offense, Joe? Uh, bad, 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 bad game for them. Last week, uh, Derrick Henry, 16 carries for nine yards. Will Levis has a high ankle sprain, so it's potential that Ryan Tannehill plays this week. DeAndre Hopkins has started to fall by the wayside. He lost a 40-plus yard uh, completion to to um, a challenge last week. So, um, I mean, I feel like you have to play Derrick Henry, but I don't know if you survived playing Derrick Henry last week. So it's really a, it's really a tough draw here. Uh, if you need a running back, you know, you look at the Titans – in this game, it should be competitive. Tyje Spears has been really producing and playing a lot of snaps. Unfortunately, he had just one target last week. But I feel like he's on the flex radar if you really need him. All right, Joe, let's talk about uh, the battle of North Central Florida. I don't know. The battle of Central Florida and Northern Florida. Uh, there's Southern Florida's the Dolphins. Central Florida's the Bucks. Northern Florida's the Jags. It is Jacksonville at Tampa two teams coming into this one going in different directions well Jacksonville we don't know about Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence has never missed a game due to injury and his he had COVID when he was at Clemson but he never missed a game due to injury and he's in the concussion protocol so that is a big big question as we head into this game um with, with, with Trevor Lawrence CJ Beathard's their backup quarterback so um for for Jacksonville, we really need that answer before we really go endorse anybody here because this offense is not working right now. Zay Jones is injured, by the way. And as we've known, Zay Jones has been kind of the, the key that unlocks Calvin Ridley because it allows Calvin Ridley to play more of the Z and the slot position because Zay Jones plays the X. So that's a potential problem for the Jacksonville Jaguars. On the flip side, you know, I get a lot of stuff wrong. So I'm going to be happy about this one. I, I, I think I touted Rashad White a lot this offseason. The guy's been the one of the best value picks in all of fantasy football. And he's been scorching hot heading into your playoffs for fantasy football. He's ripped off four straight games with 100 or more yards from scrimmage. He scored in three consecutive games. Jacksonville, not a great run defense. Tampa Bay, their offensive line has quietly improved. Check this out. From weeks one through ten, they were last in the league in yards before contact on non-scramble runs. Over the last five weeks, they're 10th best in the league in that metric. So that offensive line has gotten a lot better, and it's coincided with Rashad White getting red hot at the end of the season. Ooh, I like that nugget. Um, was there anything else on the Jags side we needed to talk about, or are we good? Uh, the Jags, I mean, we're, we have to wait on Zay Jones and Trevor Lawrence's status, which makes it difficult to talk about. We're recording this on a Wednesday morning, and we don't have practice status for them. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals and the Chicago Bears. The Cardinals ran the crap out of the ball against the Niners last week. Yeah, and that was a surprise. Um, what, what that tells me is you still have to play James Conner just every week, and and they're gonna. This should be a competitive game. The Bears are favored. I mean, the Cardinals are gonna be underdogs to everybody, but you just have to play James Conner. Um, the player for Arizona, who I can't sing enough praises about. I mean, I don't think. There's a tight end in fantasy football, Kelsey inclusive. I'd rather have than Trey McBride right now. The yard per route run is phenomenal. He's getting targeted just up and down the field. Marquise Brown. I don't even know if the guy plays football anymore. He's still dealing with that with that um, with that heel injury. You can drop Marquise Brown. When are you going to When are you going to play Marquise Brown at this point? These are the target numbers for Trey McBride in his last 
five games. Nine, seven, nine, nine, eleven. And he's had two 100-yard games and a touchdown in that span. Not a tight end in fantasy football I'd rather have in the fantasy football playoffs than Trey McBride because Arizona's going to be playing from behind and he's their only good receiver right now. This guy's going to be a, I mean, he's going to be in the elite tier of tight ends when we're drafting them next year. Trey McBride, league winning type of player. I did a couple of his games in college. Such a good player. Colorado man. State, yeah. Such a good player, Colorado State. <laughs> his brother was on the team. It was awesome. Um, let's talk about the Bears, Joe. All right. So I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm going to be uh, really making you happy here. If you, uh, if you, are listening to this podcast and Deontay Foreman's negative six rushing yards last week were the reason you got eliminated, but the bears have a really good matchup this week. The bears are four and a half point favorites, which implies a decent chance that they win the football game here. Are Deontay Foreman's numbers in wins this year, 73 rush yards per game and 4.6 yards per carry in losses, 34.3 yards per game and 3.4 yards per carry. The Bears might also be down offensive lineman Tevin Jenkins, who has a concussion, and they could choose to rotate in Rashawn Johnson and Khalil Herbert more. All I'm saying is what the numbers tell me. They say it's a good matchup for Deontay Foreman, but after last week, does he have his job as the early down grinder here? I'm not 100% convinced of that. What about Fields and some of their other offensive you, weapons? Justin Fields, is a, Moore, is a, commit? Ju Justin Fields against this defense is a slam dunk quarterback one. Um I mean, half the league starting backup quarterbacks right now, and Justin Fields can run. So D Justin Fields, DJ Moore, must be in your lineup right now against Arizona. Komet, he's a he's a borderline tight end one. He's kind of one of those guys you need a touchdown from, and he scored one last week. Big game. Sunday, Huge. 425 p.m. Eastern time. Gigantic for both conferences. Gigantic for fantasy football. The Cowboys, who, let's be honest, they pretty much no-showed that game in Buffalo. Now they go down to South Florida to take on the Dolphins. Ross, I have a question for you. Because you watch, obviously, the Cowboys are a high-profile team. And look, Dak Prescott had a terrible game, okay? It happens, um, unfortunately. Uh, raising my hand here. Yeah, I got eliminated from my fantasy leagues because Dak Prescott scored quarter of the fantasy points he should have last week. He had a bad game, okay? But I'm going to focus on the other side of the ball for Dallas, and this is my main concern. Ross, you've watched a lot of Dallas football. You know, obviously you're 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 involved with the Eagles, so you know the NFC. Tell me what good offense Dallas has shut down this year. Dallas has stopped. Well, they stopped the Eagles a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but here's the thing about that game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit because of the fumbles game. and stuff the eagles lost three fumbles in that game they lost three fumbles in dallas territory in that game dallas in that game got um the eagles averaged 6.2 yards per play against the cowboys in that game they out they out averaged more yards per play than the cowboys did they averaged more yards per play than the bills did last week which is kind of obvious because the bills didn't throw the football they just ran the ball down dallas's throat what where is the proof that dallas can shut down miami's offense I don't have any. So I think Raheem Mostert, who has 20 touchdowns this year, obviously you're in, he's in your lineup. Tyree Kill's expected back this week. Waddle. All these guys. Start all your Dolphins. I don't have evidence that the Cowboys can stop a good offense. I don't have it. Like uh, 
the Eagles, yes, the, the, the Eagles didn't score an offensive touchdown. They also shot themselves in the foot with three fumbles. A- average more than six yards per play in that game. So I don't have any evidence Dallas can shut down a good offense. Start all your Dolphins. Start them all. Dallas defense does not scare me. Interesting. Yeah, I guess they specialize more in the turnovers and getting pressure on the and, quarterback. I would, I'm would. i curious to see how much McDaniel comes out and throws it versus runs it with Mostert after what he saw well, from the Bills. You wonder if like McDaniel is going to use that as kind of psychological warfare, right? Like, hey, we're the Dolphins. We can run on anybody. And Dallas is going to be all scared because James Cook ran all over him, and then he starts throwing the ball down the field. I wonder if that's going to be part of uh, of McDaniel's game plan. Get the ball to Tyree Kill, a lot of play. Uh, they use play action like crazy anyway. Use a lot of play action because Dallas is going to be focused on stopping the run. It's going to be a really interesting chess match. What about when Dallas has the ball, Joe? They just had a bad game last week. Um, it happens. Um, <laughs> I mean, you might have advanced – simply because they left Dak Prescott in that game for the meaningless drives at the end and peppered CeeDee Lamb with targets. They're going to be better on offense this week, um, Dallas is. So I'm treating Dallas the way I, I treat Dallas every week. I start Dak Prescott. I start CeeDee Lamb. I start Jake Ferguson if I need him. Um, they're, I mean, obviously, if you have like a Trey McBride, you're starting McBride over Ferguson, but Ferguson can, can certainly contribute. I still don't trust Brandon Cooks or any of these secondary receivers. Tony Pollard, um, who's been one of the most disappointing running backs in football. Um, The Dolphins, over the last five weeks, they've held four of their last five opponents below 60 non-scramble rushing yards. It does help that they played the Jets twice in that span, uh, but they also shut down Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. And, of course, Zach Martin is dinged up for the Cowboys, which would really hurt Tony Pollard if he can't go in this game. In football... The fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. Smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. The other way, Joe, to get sales, take your clients out to dinner. And when you're out to dinner, get some Labatt Blue Lights with your clients or your friends or your family. Live life to the power of we. It's delicious. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. Joe, let's talk Patriots at the Broncos. What do we need to know? Oh, oh. Ross, it's uh, hopefully you're hopefully you're about forty-seven Labatt Blue Lights deep on Christmas Eve for this one, and you pass out on the couch. Maybe maybe Santa Claus will wake you up when he comes in to get his uh, to get his cookies and milk. Um, the Patriots offense. Uh, hey, look, uh, they beat they beat the Steelers, you know, and then Bailey Zappi is Bailey Zappi. 
it's not a very good Patriots team. Obviously, Zeke Elliott took a crap last week against against the Chiefs. How predictable was that? Although, I mean, I'd still play him this week if Ramondre Stevenson can't go because of the bell cow potential. But the Patriots offense right now, I mean, really the only player I, I, I'd want to play is Zeke Elliott if Ramondre doesn't play. If Ramondre does play, I downgrade them both because you know Zeke's going to be worked in anyway. Um, it, it's, it's just really a brutal offense to watch right now. And a team that... Um, is positioned right now to get either Caleb Williams or Drake May, um, and I'm sure their fans are happy about that. What about Denver? They're kind of in an interesting spot. Have you ever seen that before, by the way, Joe? A team scored three touchdowns, three straight plays, and none of them counted? Uh, can't say I have. <laughs> uh, how unfortunate for the, was that? But anyway, um, the, the, here's the problem for the Broncos. I mentioned Chuba Hubbard on yesterday's podcast of having an empty calorie season. Javante Williams might be more empty calories. He's averaging just 3.7 yards per carry and has scored a grand total of one touchdown on 182 carries. The Broncos are favored at home, which should allow them to pile up the carries. But according to the trench metrics here, the Patriots run defense is elite. Over the last five weeks, they've allowed just 0.3 yards before contact on non-scramble runs, which is less than half the number two defense in the NFL, which is Miami. So Javante Williams could get 20 carries in this game, and it might be for 47 yards. So it's a brutal matchup there. Uh, Denver right now is simple to me. It's Cortland Sutton or bust. I already said on this, this show last week, tell me the difference between Jerry Judy and Nelson Aguilar. It doesn't exist statistically. Cortland Sutton or bust for Denver. Raiders put up 63. Now, some of those were defensively, but they put up 63 against the Chargers. Now they take on Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who, I don't know, Joe, they they need to stop playing Kadarius Tony. Like, the Eagles need to stop throwing the ball to Quez Watkins. Yeah. The Chiefs need to stop throwing the ball to Kadarius Tony. Yeah, like, he's I, more harm than good. I, I, it's just a disaster. Um, and, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're helped by that because Isaiah Pacheco is going to be back this week. Obviously missed the last two games with the shoulder injury and the, the cleanup procedure. But barring setback in practice, he's expected to play. He scored three touchdowns in his last two games before getting hurt, while topping 15 carries in each of his last four. So they've really started to run the ball with Pacheco. The problem for Pacheco, and by the way, they're favored in this game, so I think he's got a good opportunity to put up RB2 numbers, is I still think they're going to involve Jarek McKinnon down in the red zone. Uh, December Jarek, you know, he comes around this time of year and he fills your stocking with touchdowns. He was a league winner last year. I don't know if he's going to do that this year, but Jerick McKinnon's a viable flex play if you need him um, down down in the red zone. I completely agree with you, though, Ross, about Kadarius Tony. Really, what they should do is Sky Moore's on IR. Um, what, I, what happened with Sky Moore is I think this guy looks like he has zero confidence and if you'll remember last year, they started him on punt returns and he muffed a bunch of punts, even though he never did that in college. And I don't know if he's ever recovered from that because he's playing with no confidence and now he's on IR. He gets a chance to reset. Here's what Kansas City should do. Obviously, Kelsey is not Travis Kelsey anymore, but he's still really good. Just what's with the goofy packages, man? Just play. I know that's part of Andy's success, and obviously they had the amazing like single wing touchdown. I don't. I'm not saying that you run those plays, but play Rasheed Rice and play Justin Watson. 
You know, Justin Watson's not any special shakes. Justin Watson should not be one of the two best receivers on, on an NFL team. But right now, he's better than anybody else they have except for Rice. So just keep playing Justin Watson. I mean, it's not like you're playing him for fantasy, but those should be the two receivers for Kansas City. And Rasheed Rice, at this point, is a weekly starter uh, uh, with Patrick Mahomes throwing on the football. Agreed on Rasheed Rice and Watson. How much of a drop-off do you think there has been for Kelsey, even just like a fantasy points production? Um, It's been pretty drastic i think he he's down i don't have the exact number in front of me but he's down like five fantasy points per game this year there there i mean that is a huge drop off now the thing about travis kelsey was he produced like an elite wide receiver one so there there's he really raised the bar for himself and now he's merely a great fantasy tight end so he's just not the difference making player that he used to be he's still a great fantasy tight end though what about the Raiders? Uh, shut out to 63 points. That has to be the single. The, I, I can't imagine there's anything more than that in back-to-back games uh, in NFL history. Um, you play, play Devontae Adams. Check the status of Josh Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs, prob- I think he had a shot to go um, if that game was on Sunday and said it was on Thursday, which obviously would make Zamir White back to waiver wire fodder. And not like you'd be playing Zamir White anyway, because the Raiders are heavy underdogs in this game. Really, the only players that I have any interest in are Devontae Adams um, and and uh, and uh, Josh Jacobs, if Josh Jacobs plays. Let's get to the Giants and the Eagles, Joe. Uh, I watched the Giants last week. DeVito actually reminds me a little bit at times of like a poor man's Daniel Jones. Like he can run. Yeah, he can run a little bit. DeVito um, can run. Um, he also, like Daniel Jones, looks at the rush when he starts to get pressured and gets sacked a lot. Um, well, first and foremost, uh, the Eagles have invested like $100 million and massive draft picks in their pass rush and they can't get home. Um, that's a big issue for them. Uh, I guess they had a better game last week uh, against the Seahawks, but still gave up the big the big drive at the end of the game. Um, there's got to be a lot of mirror looking for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Like I'm, I'm not I'm gonna not sitting here and saying like I think Tommy DeVito is gonna shred them, but like what quarterback do you have confidence that the Eagles can truly shut down right now? You know, Tommy DeVito. The Eagles have struggled with mobile quarterbacks this year. Um, they, they struggle across the middle of the field, which is is good for the Giants because two, you can argue their two best receivers are Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller. So I feel like the Eagles can struggle against those two guys. I, I actually think Darren Waller is a, is a solid option this week, and I don't trust him at all. But I think against the Eagles this week, he is a rock-solid option with this defense hasn't been able to shut anybody down. So I like Darren Waller against the Eagles, and I like Saquon Barkley against the Eagles, who have really started to struggle on the ground. The Eagles, I have a stat for that, actually. The Eagles have given up 100 non-scramble rushing yards in five games this year. All of them in the last five weeks. The run defense has collapsed just like the rest of the defense. So I like Saquon this week. Wow. That's interesting. What about the Eagles on offense? I mean, so when the Eagles are going good, I love talking about how they get the ball to their good players, right? But it almost feels like they're going out of their way to make difficult plays to their best receivers. It – what – 
it is night and day San Francisco scheme against the Eagles. San Francisco has great players too, but they also scheme them wide ass open. It, it just feels like everything is hard for the Eagles on offense. They don't have answers right now. Jalen Hurts is forcing the football, which he never did last year. It's just the, the scheme is just broken. Landon Dickerson's now had thumb surgery, so I don't know if he's going to be able to play this week. Um, now, look, I mean, you're still playing Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, but if Landon Dickerson's out against the Giants and, and this, this defensive line, do you trust DeAndre Swift? You know, Swift still looks like a guy they need to get the ball to more, but unfortunately, after that great opening drive, the Eagles went right back to their bad tendencies of forcing the ball. Uh, like on third and on third down and seven, they never. It almost seems like they never run a ten-yard route. It's either a check down or something forty yards down the field. It's really frustrating to watch the Eagles right now. Let's get to the biggest game of the weekend. Yep. Awesome! What a job by the schedule makers. Give them the tip of the cap. It's the Ravens against the Niners. So um, we don't have a ton of time to talk about this game. Well, fortunately for fantasy, Rossi, this is why it's great that you do the Ross Tucker football podcast because you could fill up three podcasts talking about the schematic matchup in this game. What I'm going to do is tell you the fantasy thing. It's the 49ers. You start Purdy, you start Kittle, you start Ayuk, you certainly start Debo, and you certainly start McCaffrey. Start them all. For Baltimore, you start Lamar. The Baltimore's a little more challenging. The receivers right now, Odell Beckham laid an egg in that game against Jacksonville. Everybody had picked him up. Oh, he's going to be a wide receiver three, laid an egg. Really for Baltimore, the guy I'm looking at here, first and foremost, Lamar and Isaiah likely are locked into your lineup. Isaiah likely a great tight end handcuff. Gus Edwards, not a great matchup, but without Keaton Mitchell, could fall into the end zone. But in a potential high-scoring game, which this is anticipated to be, don't be surprised if Justice Hill plays 60% of the snaps in this backfield. He's the guy they trust in hurry-up and in pass-pro situations. If you are desperate for an RB2 or a flex, I think Justice Hill is going to slide in and play a lot of snaps this week with Keaton Mitchell out with a torn ACL. Check him out on social media like I do. It's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always find Joe's content, fantasypoints.com. Using the code 23FEAST, you can always watch the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And if you need a Christmas gift, it's not too late. Myfrontpagestory.com. Best gift I'm aware of, myfrontpagestory.com. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.